Jackson's out and rolling. He's got Brown over the top, floats it to him, just over his head, and a roll for anyway. Got some jets, Bedford. Justin Longmuir's finest moment. That's a win that changes everything for the Dockers. The Demons are finally conquered. What a comeback. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for Days fans, by Days fans, as we hold on for dear life aboard the roller coaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. This episode is proudly brought to you by our sponsors, Hop Hen Brewing and Valley Electrical Group. My name is Tim. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Simo. Mate, how are you going? Mate, going all right. Uh, going all right? Despite, yeah, despite all things, you know, pretty pretty tough going at the moment, but... You know, it was a interesting weekend of football. No, nevertheless, we uh, decided to lose a game. Is uh, something that, uh, yeah, kind of forgotten what it's like to to lose. But I feel like it's a good one to lose now. I think. Yeah, you, I think you called this the other week on the pod, and you said, "Wonder what it would be like to do do a pod after we lose." And yeah, it's a bit of an odd feeling. But I think just even for the weekend of footy, like what a ripper weekend of games as well too, like for the neutral supporter to watch. I know yeah, I watched, Friday night game, Friday, yeah, yeah, Carlton Collingwood. Carlton Collingwood, Sydney Richmond was fantastic. And I think neutral supporters watching Frio Melbourne, not that many rocked up to the ground on Saturday afternoon, which is uh, another issue in itself. But yeah, what a, what a fantastic spectacle and probably one of the more yeah, successful floating fixture <laughs> appointments that we've had in the last, you know, few weeks, it's there's been some pretty interesting decisions about prime time games, but that Richmond Sydney game as well too, I thought was yeah, perfectly poised and yeah, what a cracker that was. But no, you're right, the days dropped one, and albeit to a, a pretty formidable opponent as well too, and, and credit to Freo, they just had the second half of their life and especially their third quarter and. Try and do that again, Freya. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were doing all the right things probably in the first, well, at least the first quarter that you could see that they certainly had a game plan and they were executing it. They just weren't getting reward on the scoreboard. And I think Melbourne did really well despite, you know, a big a big story out of that game is Stephen May's injury and, and where that kind of left us as well too. And, and that has a flow on effects coming up to this upcoming round as well against Sydney. But yeah, it was one of those... Yeah, kind of big moments where it might have spelt a little bit of the unfolding for Melbourne after half time, but far out, Freo. I, d- I didn't see that coming. That's for sure. I don't think, I don't think anyone saw that coming, especially after half time. I think I was pretty comfortable after a really good second quarter where the D's just kind of continued to press on, kept the ball in their forward half, even though we were a little bit short down back. We didn't. We didn't allow the ball to get down there too often and we we're really able to own the contest and get a heap of stoppage goals and, and have a handy lead at half time. But yeah, Taylor two halves and then Frio just went party time. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy to see. I was just I was just watching I was actually at the footy club. I was sort of pondering whether or not to, to drive back to <clears throat> to watch the second half at home and I sort of just sat there with another D's mate and you know, just watching what was going on, just understanding or wanting to know what the hell we were doing in the second half, whether we were just, I don't know, if we didn't have a backup plan to what they were doing, it just, I don't know, or even if we just sort of laid down and let Frio do what they want. But 
I don't know. I just think, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head, tail, tail the two halves. Well, pretty, well, I was pretty happy with our first half. I feel, you know, I mean, as you said, first quarter, we are doing enough to be in front. But second quarter, I thought we were outstanding. I wouldn't say it's concerning. I just think it would be, it'd be good for us to, you know, turn around this week. And, you know, it would be good getting a few players back as well. I know we're a bit shorthanded. Yeah, probably about half a dozen now, the best 22. So, yeah, hopefully we get those boys back. And, yeah, Maisie um, gets himself right for uh, for Queen's birthday, which would be good. But, yeah, it's been interesting, I suppose, one of these things that's been coming and you weren't quite sure how fans were, were going to handle it. And it's there's certainly not the Melbourne fans of old, but there's still some interesting reactions that I think I've seen, mm. you know, floating along online and you, you take that with a grain of salt. It's, it's just keyboard warriors having to go on social media, but it's still interesting to think that, yeah, like I went, <laughs> you know, I went to bed comfortably afterwards thinking, you know, the better team won on the night. I wasn't mm. concerned about it. You weren't going to make excuses, but there were certainly uh, areas that we were lacking in, as you mentioned, the personnel areas and, yeah, just watching Frio get that momentum. We almost were on the receiving end of some of our own medicine, really, yeah, like those yeah. momentum swings and just the centre clearance goals. And we joke about it week after week, but just honestly not being able to get our hands on the footy, like the uncontested marks, uncontested possessions, something we'll get into a bit later. Just Frio completely owned the ball in that second half and we're able to play keepings off. You know, wouldn't let us get near it. And yeah, the, the scoreboard speaks for itself. What was it? 12 goals to one second half, which is mm. unheard of. And I think conceding the eight goals in that third quarter is something that we haven't done really since that round 23 against Geelong in that second quarter, which is, we, we yeah, know. I think there was, a, there was another time where this year it was the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs got a hold of us in the second quarter as well, um, or end of the first into the second. So, yeah, it's a little bit of that. But just the way they did it was just, just pure, just... Look, I just don't, don't think they can emulate that again because they're not a hugely great attacking side. They're more, you know, real hard on defence, which obviously they've shown. They've, they've kept us seven goals, which is, you know, a great, you know, a great performance by them, which, you know, poses a threat. Is this like the blueprint? Is, is this kind of a blueprint as to, to how to beat Melbourne, you know, retain the footy, dominate clearance, which, you know, obviously we saw that completely in the third quarter, which, you know, we got absolutely slaughtered plus 10, plus I think it's six out of the, the centre. So, you know, if we're not getting our hands on the footy, I mean, that's one way for teams to beat us, but maybe it could be a bit of us sort of getting a little bit complacent. I think our defensive pressure in the second half was pretty rubbish. So I think that's, you know, in one way we've lost it ourselves as well, lost that momentum swing and sort of couldn't really regain it back because, you know, the purple haze were going. Yeah, yeah, they're similar. They probably just looked a little bit lethargic at times as well too, I think. We might be just looking forward to getting to that bye and, and hopefully getting getting a bit of a rest and freshening up and, and looking up to the, the second half of the season. So, yeah, probably not the loss that we needed to have, but in, so we had some interesting conversations last week with our live Fugazi uh, conversations and, and these sorts of things popped up in terms of like what sort of game style is going to beat Melbourne. And I think that speed on the ball came up last week and that was certainly something that Freo managed to move the ball really well. And yeah, once they got it open in the corridor, they were actually able to get out the back a couple of times as well, which is pretty rare for us. So yeah, some interesting points there. Uh, what else happened out of that? What what came out of that? We had track track, you know, pulling up pulling up yeah. Crook in the morning. Shouldn't and, have played. 
Yeah, interesting, some interesting discussion around that. I suppose mm. you, you put that on the player, I guess. If he puts his hand up and say, I'm right to play. You, you back him in. Back and him. I know mm. Goody sort of came out. He was on. He spent a bit of time on SEN Monday morning and sort of said, look, whether it was round 11 or, uh, you know, qualifying final or prelim final, you, you take their word for it and you, you trust that player to go as much as he can. And, yeah, he did look super off and it gives a bit of an explanation why, but... Yeah, to not have him and then for Clayton Oliver to be pretty much played out of the game in the second half by James Aish also, that was, yeah, there, there's some huge key factors there that without having our dominant ball winners being able to get their hands on the footy and that was that was certainly going to have a, a big impact on us uh, not being able to win the contest and, and therefore not being able to get the clearances and Freo just took a handle of that. So, yeah, that was, that was about it. But as you mentioned, I think... Some uh, reinforcements coming, hopefully through the VFL. Hopefully Tomo looks like he's been playing some good form in the VFL, come, coming off nearly 30 disposals and 12 rebound 50. So hopefully he'll come in for Stephen May as well to try and sure up some of that back line. Hopefully get T-Mac, Ed Langdon back, Jimmy Harms. And, My boy Salo. And Salem. Yeah, how, how interesting. So... It's, uh, yeah, a little bit, little bit going on this week. It'll be interesting to see where we get to uh, the selection table, but I'm sure you'll cover that in a <laughs> your old segment in one week at a time. But look, I don't know. Let's try and find some positives out of the game because, as we mentioned, a good half of footy at least to start with, and we're going to look at those things in our next segment. Credit to the boys. Back into the game, so um, it's real credit to the boys. Um, I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and... and really lead from the front and I thought we did that all day so we want to play our way just go after the boys all right Simo well there's always got to be some positives to take out of a loss it is our first loss in 17 matches and yeah we're trying to <laughs> trying to get a handle on on how to deal with this but what were some of the things that you did love what were some of the positive things that we that you saw out of Saturday's loss to Frio the biggest thing probably I took away was probably Vani's performance I think even when, you know, the chips were down, he was still cracking in, giving it a red hot crack. I think for someone, I mean, obviously we missed his, you know, grunt last week. I mean, yes, I mean, didn't really change the scoreboard last week, but I just think he's, you know, his, his persona, his, the way he plays, you know, really simplified or, you know, really tells us what a Demons player is. And, you know, it's a real hard edge, you know, player that, you know, is able to run both way and, you know, really create some havoc and, you know, we've, we've been huge on Viney, you know, with his foot skills and his improvement in that area. And I th- just think, you know, he, he just really cracked in. And I think he deserved, you know, some good recognition for this week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The tackle that he started off with the second quarter was fantastic. It kind of just really set the tone for that second quarter. I mean, yeah, played a fantastic quarter there. But no, he, he has been somebody in the last few weeks again, being that leader that he is and knowing when to step up and we had our dominant ball winners weren't at their best. They weren't at their peaks uh, at that point. So it was great to see him. Yeah, he's leaving it all out there on the field. We'll just quickly touch on Clayton Oliver. Had a ripper first half. I think by the time we got to halftime, he was looking at 24 and four clearances. And yeah, so he had a pretty even 12 and 12 in first and second quarter. And I thought he just sort of picked up where he left off last week in some absolutely ripper form and making sure he's getting in and around the contest as well too. So he started off really well. And Toby Bedford, I thought he was a real highlight and something that we can take away. I think somebody who's 
who's really just taking his opportunities and, and enjoying his footy. And his goal, a couple of goals in the second quarter were, yeah, a couple of running goals. His, his pace is just so exciting. Like to have him and Cozzy in the same team and when when those opportunities arise, it, it, it's great to see him get on that. And he's he's been just relishing every moment that he's out there. There's a great little article put out there that he's enjoying any aspect of being part of the team. He's not doesn't phase him by being the sub and not being, you know, being inactive, whatever it is, six out of eight times, you know, sits wherever he is on the list of all players throughout the season that have been the subs but haven't played much. But really just relishing every moment that he gets to spend out there on the field and you can tell that he that he loves his footy and loves the boys around him and he's a really exciting young player and hopefully we get to see a bit more of him as well too. I thought he was really exciting to start with. Fritter. Three goals won from his seven touches, as we know, making the most of his low disposal count. But again, was was pretty true. Kicked kicked reasonably straight, which is great. And yeah, had a goal in the third quarter where things were kind of in the balance a little bit. Frio kicked a couple of goals early in that third quarter, and Frida kicked a or oh, we thought it was a steadying goal at that point. We weren't knowing what was going to come from that, so I thought he was really great. And Alex Neil Bullen, I think just his. His efforts again in that first half. We know what we know what his work rate is, but like there was a deflection in the back fifty run all the way from half forward to half back, got a deflection which then led to the Jaden Hunt moving on to the Toby Bedford running goal, which was yeah, absolutely incredible. So I thought he played a really good first half as well. Was there anyone else that I've missed, mate? Um, I th- just think not really. Oh, I think it was. I mean, you can only really look at the first half for individual Bruins, probably minus Yvonne. Y- and, you know, probably even someone that probably doesn't get a lot of recognition, especially in this segment, is James Jordan had 27 and kicked a goal as well. So I thought he was quite good. Um, obviously, with Langdon out, you know, stepping up in that winger's role, you know, continuing the legacy of Winger's Club. Yeah. I think that was pretty cool, which it would be cool to actually chat to you about the Wingers Club because, you know, with the potential reshuffling of players, which would be interesting come this week. Well, yeah, um, a interesting, interesting Wingers Club on, on the weekend. Spargo, filling, filling the boots. Spargo so, having a little started run Started on the wing. wing. So I don't, I'm not sure, like, didn't have many chess pieces to, to sort of play with then, but probably doesn't quite have the tank to to match what we're normally used to but yeah, yeah i mean still yeah, i think his ball use going inside 50s was definitely missed as well i think not yeah i wouldn't be shuffling him out of there yeah. um let's talk about sparks because that mark he took going back on the flight and the little cheeky hanger yeah really nice if he capped <laughs> off at the snag but Gee, that was impressive at the start of the fourth quarter, wasn't it? It was. It was. It was sort of that, you know, what was it, 17 points at the three-quarter time. So, yeah, hanging in there, like we knew that give ourselves our best chance and, yeah, maybe had he slotted that things that could have, I don't know, could have turned things around. But, no, what a great mark. The commentators loved it, which was, which was great. And, yeah, no, it was good to see him get up there. He's, he can't jump for a little bloke. He's uh, got some hops. Very underrated. So, <laughs> definitely. Uh, definitely. Uh, what else we got? Uh, I think just, yeah, you mentioned, wow, going inside 50. We can talk about the delivery inside 50, but the second quarter winning the inside 50 count and managed to kick four goals, six, which, yeah, generating 10 scoring shots from that, from, you know, 17 to eight inside 50s, Ds to Frio. So four goals, six to one goals, one. We'd certainly, yeah, scoring, you know, at, at pretty much 50% or just, you know, tick over 50% every time we we're going in there. So I think that was that pressure, that full pressure that we kept in there. We sort of talked about how we were 
short down back. We, we need to keep the ball forward. We need to lock it in our first half. And I think that was how we were sort of able to wrestle a bit of momentum and, and really lock it in and not allow us to get exposed by their tall forwards, which we'll get to a bit later. But it was one of those things that, yeah, I think given the current situation of the game then, they did well to sort of lock it in and make the most of their opportunities. I think at one point we kicked six in a row. And we're up by five goals so before leading into halftime. So, yeah, a, a pretty standard Melbourne half. And I think looking at the second quarter, there was that brief moment of time where we were kicking back-to-back goals that it just felt like another Melbourne game. You just thought, here we go. We'd, we're going to just keep the squeeze on. We could have won by, you know, whether we'd won by 20 or won by 48 points, I wouldn't have been surprised either way at that point in time, like you know, forecasting ahead. So, yeah. There's uh, some some things to take out of that first half for sure. Pretty, I'm pretty pissed. I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough. That's very unlike the way we've been playing, and something that we'll obviously review and get better at. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games. As CB May going down with injury, not being able to cover him was a huge had a huge impact on our team. Not so much the second quarter, but I think in the second half, his leadership and his, you know, his positioning really, really hurt not having him around. To to go with him as well, you know, Petty on one leg, which thankfully now he's, you know, cleared of any structural damage. He really shook up our defence, which made us look really vulnerable for the first time in a long time. I reckon probably even since 2020 in our defensive structure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, mate... It probably hurts that little bit more that it was friendly for as well too. I mean, copping the shoulder from Lever and then and then backing that up with hitting his head on the fall coming down as well too. Is yeah, not not a pretty side and yeah, really feel for him because we know how important well now. Now we do. We get a pretty good indication of of what he means to our football club. And I think we've all had a great idea at times. Mind you, we've played a couple of games without him and gotten through all right, but I think this was just one game where their tools and the way that Frio's tools are situated and was really something that exposed us, and we absolutely got monstered after that. And I think not having T-Mac to sort of swing back there as well too would be sort of the go-to, and, mm-hmm. and missing a couple of other key players as well too just meant that we were found ourselves that little bit short-handed. And when it came to Taberner and uh, who else was playing up for their lob as well too, just looked really dangerous aerially. And they were just, yeah, every time they seemed to go forward, they weren't kicking high. They were looking for low inside 50s and, and finding these forwards on the run as well too, like hitting them up with plenty of space. And, and yeah, you look at certain times of the game in the third quarter, you've got Jaden Hunt playing on Matt Taberner in the goal square. Or you've got Gus Brayshaw, who made a couple of really nice saves in the goal square and at almost full back, you know, sort of being being able to sort of chip in where he did. But we just looked tiny. We had Bowie, Rivers, Hunt, Brayshaw all playing down in that back six against these sort of giant forwards. It was just something that, yeah, we normally used to that brick shithouse that is May and, and being able to move a big body around was something that, we probably didn't foresee and and yeah we could easily say that that had a had a pretty dire impact but that also being said when you're not winning clearance it doesn't give that time for our defense to get set up normally anyway so not to say that we'd be winning but it might lessen the effects but yeah 
we know what sort of leadership and role that Maisie takes underneath there. And yeah, huge loss. Yeah, 100%. Look, to be honest, I think we just looked really tired, to be fair. We, we didn't look, we looked slow, to be honest. That, that whole second half, I was just thinking, you know, where's that gear going to come from? And look, oh, to be honest, even when we did have that terrible third quarter, I still had the faith for us to come back. But we just didn't really show much of a, you know, any change. Like, I think, you know, well, we threw Wiedemann back. But, I mean, obviously that failed completely and that, I hope that never happens again. <laughs> um, but, you know, to, to be absolutely smacked in that third quarter was, you know, it was just thinking like, Where's Petrarca? Where, I mean, where's Oliver? Where are these boys? Where's Viney even? You know, especially during that crunch time where we got flogged by plus 10 around the ground. It was, what, six in a row center clearances. We are just getting absolutely slaughtered. Um, and for us not to adjust, I think it would have been, I mean, obviously, I mean, that surge football, that, you know, that run on first time in the grand final, it's, it's bloody hard to, to stop. So, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to see. If that does happen again, you know, what we do to adjust, I think, especially, I mean, you look at Carlton at the moment, they've, the three games they've lost, they've lost three key, three key pillars. Well, we lose May, I mean, we lose the game. It's, you know, it's coming down to, you know, making sure we've got blokes in the team. Like, I mean, it'd be good having like a Joel Smith there um, as well, because, you know, he's that player that can really step up into that role as well. Um, but then yeah, Tom McDonald's another one. So having the players there at hand that can, you know, go, to multiple positions. I mean, we see it with Gus Brayshaw as well. When Salem went down, he can go back. I just think having that in the team is going to be really pivotal for us moving forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we probably just can't go a little too past Justin Longmuir's uh, coaching performance. I just think that his mm. his ability to adjust at halftime, to think to move Aish to Clayton Oliver, <laughs> who we haven't seen... What well, apparently in the North game that he was being tagged, but not quite certain of that. He hasn't really been tagged yet this year. So I think the fact that he did that with Petrarca already having an off day and, and track sort of spending most of the second half up forward as well too, now knowing that he wasn't very well, like nullifying him. And then I think we got a good... I haven't watched a lot of Frio this year. I think we got a really good indication of how well Frio just defend because even the times that we managed to get it out of our our uh, defensive 50, yeah, out of our defensive 50 in that second half, they are so well set up behind the ball, much like what we are. But yeah, Liam Ryan, Brennan Cox patrolling that back line and we just weren't able to burst through. Like we were really, it was getting stuck in our back half that in almost that entire time. And we know that over-possessing the footy and, and sort of playing that keepings off, but it was a real masterclass, I think, from Longmuir. And I think a bit of a, yeah, probably a little bit of a shout-out to the competition. Now, we know that they didn't buckle, they didn't play well in wet conditions and they buckled a little bit under Collingwood's pressure last week. Yeah. But, yeah, our pressure certainly wasn't up to the standard we're probably used to. We turned the ball over a little bit and a little bit fumbly. They scored four goals from turnovers in that second half, which is not something that we're used to as well too. So I think... Yeah, I think it's easy to sort of point probably some of the shortfalls from our own players, but I think we can't take anything away from Freo. It's a great game for Freo, and mm. they yeah credit to them to to come away from Perth and come to to the MCG in front of twenty nine thousand fans. And I tell you what, the Freo fans on TV were as loud as anything. The chance that started rolling around in that fourth quarter, yeah, they're exciting young team, 
And, I mean, you look at Brayshaw and Brody, like two players there that just, I mean, they combine for 15 inside 50s themselves. And yeah, I think Brayshaw was using it at almost about 85, 88% and had about 28. So, yeah, young star he is as well. So, Freo's one to watch. And, yeah, they've got a game style that's probably set the bar of how to beat us. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they play a, they play a very, well, pretty much similar brand to us. I think, you know, I mean... They, well, they definitely showed – well, we got, they gave us a bit of a taste of medicine, to be fair. Um, usually we're the side to start running over a side, but, you know, a backflip just purely based on just effort and just, you know, excitement. Like, I mean, I look at Frederick, for instance, you know, doing those flicks by the back. Oh, like, that, that was they amazing. Were exceptional. Yeah. Like, it's just like, – like, you say, like, I mean, where's our de- – like, I mean, I've said, you know, you know, where's our defensive pressure and things? Like, it was – Terrible, but I mean, when they're doing things like this, they're just playing out of their skin, like, and just Lockie Shields just running through, kicking easy goals and things. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where I mean, look, we had a dirty day, and it's just a matter of us just reflecting and getting better. Um, like Goody said in the press conference again, it's just another chance for us to get better and to, you know, to reshape ourselves and you know, gear ourselves up for a big second half of the year. Yeah, that's it, and. We mentioned, I think, right at the top of the pod that that first quarter. I mean, in the first 10 minutes, Frio dominating inside 50s. I think it was 10 to 2 within the first eight minutes. And they just weren't able to get shots on board and they weren't able to get reward on the scoreboard. So you look at that and then you look at their efficiency going forward in the second half. They kicked 12 goals from 29 entries. So you're looking at scoring at 41%, whereas in the first half, they kicked two goals from 23 entries and looking at you know scoring at 9%. So... Is a big difference there. They were executing the right sort of game plan, but just weren't getting that reward in that first quarter. And then the second half, the gates just opened and, you know, factors on both ends. But whatever happened is just, it all kind of just clicked for them. And yeah, then away they went. So huge, huge game from them. And yeah, a lot to learn from us. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's going to, it's going to give teams an idea of, yeah, the blueprint on, on how to beat us. And we think that that speed, like you're looking at players that really did damage us, like Frederick, you know, like Schultz, like Jordan those small Clark, forwards Jordan as well. Clark too. Jordan us. Clark from the intercepts as Heath, well. So. Heath Chapman was, he was marking everything as well as Hayden Young. Like those boys were just mopping up, just chipping around, doing what they want. Um, and yeah, Luke Ryan as well. I mean, you look at the marks of those players Ryan, Chapman, 14, Cox, 12, Young, 10. So obviously, they're, and Brandon Walker, nine, they're all defenders. Clark, seven. You just think, what were our forwards doing to retain the footy or to get the footy back? We'll just, I don't know, I don't know what they were doing there. So, I mean, that's one big thing. We got outmarked 130 to 74. Obviously, you know, the marking situation, I think, you know, we weren't playing our best footy and it showed. I mean, there'd been times this year where we've lacked consistency across four quarters. And I think it definitely showed uh, big time uh, on, the, on the weekend. I think, you know, you, you can get get by beating North Melbourne in the West Coast by playing subpar games. I guess we won the games quite comfortably in the end, but it goes to show against a half-decent side, you can't be playing like that. So, yeah, hopefully we learn from it and then, yeah, launch into Sydney this Saturday night, mate. Um, and then, yeah, we'll get the ball rolling. That's it. That's it. It's, uh, yeah, a little bump in the road. I think a good halfway point, get us through to the bye and then, yeah, take on learnings from that, get some personnel back and, yeah, reset for the rest of the season. So no no cause for concern, no reason to worry. And, yeah, I think some D's fans out there just need to probably keep a little bit of a calm ahead. Benny Brown, bit of a quiet night as well too. What, the two touches? 
Yuck. Didn't didn't really get a look in as well too there. So yeah, our, our, our big forward there didn't really fire at all, which normally normally good for a goal you'd think at least. So again, one of those uh, yeah pivotal pivotal figures up front that sort of didn't get a real look in as well too. So that's that's probably about it. It's probably enough whinging, don't you reckon? Yeah. I think it's, uh, let's get into some yeah. better stuff. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one. that time it is the hop hen delightful display player of the year award time and my one vote will go to toby bedford for the weekend's game i think just his second quarter you know real hard work um to get on the end of a couple and to yeah excite the crowd which is good to see because usually it's cozy um but yeah good to see bedford chipping in with a couple definitely Definitely my one vote goes to Alex Neil Bullen. Again, I just really noticed a couple of his huge efforts in that first half and, yeah, that work rate that we're so used to, but a couple of really key moments there that, uh, yeah, they sort of got the ball rolling for the Ds. Perfect. My two votes goes to James Jordan holding up the wing um, this week. Uh, 20 uh, Had the 27 touches, used it quite well at 78%, got it at the end of the snag as well, so... He'll be, uh, he'll be better off with uh, with Langton and potentially Brayshaw coming back into those roles. And my two votes goes to Toby Bedford. I think, yeah, just really taking his opportunities on board, really embracing the Indigenous round. And, yeah, I'd love to see a lot more of that kid and a really exciting prospect for the D, so hopefully they can get a spot in the side. Absolutely. My three votes goes to Jack Viney. I think we spoke about too high, oh, very highly of him in the game. and. As I said, he's probably the one vote, one player, sorry, that really stood out um, across the four quarters for me. He had the 28 as well. So I think, yeah, he really gave it a crack um, for the full four quarters. Yeah, and my three votes goes to Jack Viney as well. <laughs> it's just, yeah, that, that player that continues that we know that's going to lead with his, you know, lead with his heart and, and do everything he can to keep his team going. And, yeah, and what was a challenging outcome, he's certainly somebody that could come away holding his head high and knowing that he'd done everything that he could to, to try and get his team over the line. So, yeah, well done, Vin. Another great, another, another great week from him and what's really building to be a really nice season and probably a little bit understated too. Thanks for another week, mate. It'll be nice to get a leaderboard up mid-season now. So uh, we're waiting for that cheeky one. It'll be interesting it's coming. to see who's it's coming. away. Because I reckon it'll be pretty tight. Well, Simo, we are the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, and we wouldn't be here without our loyal listeners. And now it's time to hear their thoughts on the game in our next segment, Fugazi. People aren't commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fugazi. Can you do with your best uh, Matthew McConaughey impression from the water <laughs> No, I can't, but it's, uh, it's goes something like Fugazi, it's Woozy, it's Wazi. <laughs> All right, well, the talking points from the weekend's loss to Frio. The first point comes from Bill Tobin, who says, With May gone and what looked like Petty with a foot injury, we we're up against it without T-Mac. Plus, we missed the run of Langdon on wing. Hopefully, we get them all back in two weeks' time for a break. And Petrarch was crook. Obviously, his form has dropped off in the last couple of weeks. So, I hope he comes good also. So, yeah, nice little summary from Bill there. Yeah, I think 
the Petrarca illness thing coming out sort of explains a little bit as well too because it was it was a really odd game to sort Ten of see touches. not not just the 10. well just not have the burst you know not not have the energy to burst through and and yeah just yeah one or two nice moments he set up Bedford's second goal which was really which is yeah with a really nice passage of play but besides that yeah looked really off so yeah, yeah thanks Bill hopefully he's all right for this week next one comes in from John Ward and this one excites me Tim time for a debut is it Van, is Van Roonen ready now this one is someone who I love. I love that we drafted this guy. Now we got him as a as a late pick. I'm really happy around the 30 mark. Sorry, 17 or is it 19? Um, he, he is someone that's going to be a player for this football club. And whether it be you know Jackson, he and Wiedemann for the future, I think he can be one of those real big key pillars. And look, it's a hard one because how early do you debut a big forward, especially in a side that's premiership contending. Yes, I understand getting time into those young players that, you know, if your club is lower down the ladder and everything, but yeah, it's a hard one because, I mean, you look at Ben Brown's Sam Wiedemann's game on the weekend, you think maybe it is time for him to come in. Yes, he's only 19, but he's playing some really good footy in the two. So yeah, you never know. Could be, could be there. Yeah, could come at some stage. You never know. He could take his chance with two hands. He could be, you know, just there for, for a good little run, but yeah, it'd be good nevertheless. Yeah, no, definitely be interesting. You had a couple there waiting in the wings. Bailey Laurie's been in emergency a couple of times this year as well too. So another player there that would love to see get out for their first game in the seniors. All right, next one we've got is from Morris Waters who says, how easy Frio defenders were able to mark the ball with no big time. So yeah, even some of those interceptions, you rattled off the marks before as well too. There was no question about it that they were able to get in front of our forwards and... Some of that came from the forward 50 entries as well too, weren't weren't quite up to our best. And you, you mentioned that Spargo playing further up the ground as well, was sort of missing that inside kick. So, yeah, a delivery might not have been as spot on as what we'd liked, but we did probably at times struggle to get the ball to the advantage of our forwards. And, you know, partially, I think, probably a bit of both looking at Frio's defensive game plan, but also the way that we were putting the ball inside as well. 100%. Next one comes in from Sue Bo. Repairy. Uh, entry to the forward line lacks skill all year, should play to Brown's strength, creates space in front of him with crummers at his feet. I think, yeah, you're right. He, he is a lead-up player, but he also has shown that he has the ability to, you know, to sit under a high ball or, you know, crash a pack. But we didn't really see that from from uh, from Brownie on, on the weekend, which is quite disappointing. But that also comes with, you know, the, the lack of skill going forward. And you know, it's it's something that we, you know, need to work on. And it's also something that, you know, really hampered our ability to play really strong footy in 2019 and 2020. That was our biggest downfall. And, yeah, hopefully those things don't creep back in. Do you think if Benny Brown has, like, a poor week against Sydney and then doesn't – do you think that they try and – Try and him in T-Mac, you reckon? Yeah, yeah give, give Benny Brown another run in the, in the twos – Maybe even before the bye, could you see him going back? Do you yeah, reckon they're at that stage? He's because yeah, for for us, he's he's you know for most this year, he's been the one. He's been the one to you know really showcase the skill. Um, not only you know lead up or you know taking contested grabs, but also at ground level, he's been pretty strong. 
Um, but yeah, you look at the weekend, he's had two disposals. You think, what the hell was he doing for you know, 120 minutes? So yeah, it poses an interesting one. And you know, he, he does need to hit back strongly against Sydney. And yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, we're, we're pleased with where we sit. We understand there's going to be some hype around how we're playing. But we also want to just take it, you know, one week at a time. And coaches say that a lot, and, and people, and it's just the reality. You can't look too far ahead. Oh, oh Timmy time. It is time. The time of the week. It's one week at a time. Mate, it's my, it's my favourite time. Coming up against the Swannies, mate, Saturday night, big game. If Buddy's out, that, you know, that makes it a little less stressful for us, I think, um, definitely. Um, I mean, if like that's kicked 1,020-odd goals, it's, uh, it'd be good for him to be out. Um, a fair bit to go through with this one. It's uh, well, Sydney, you know, they're sitting seventh um, with yeah, the seven. seven wins, four losses, I'm pretty sure. So, they're, yeah. that look, to be honest, they, they were really good in the first month of the year, and I feel like they've kind of tapered off a little bit. I just don't think they're bringing their A game. And I think without Buddy, they, you know, Buddy firing, I don't really see them being a huge threat. They're obviously still a very strong side, you know, with the caliber of players they've got in there. Um, so, you know, I mean, they can't be taken lightly. They're, you know, they're a strong contested side. They're you know, a very proud club. I think, you know, this is going to be a ripper, actually. I mean, you saw last year it was a nine point game. and, you know, the Swans were pressing really hard because, I mean, again, they were the biggest surprise back in the last year. They um, they really come out the blocks firing. So, I mean, we look at this week, I think a lot of changes to happen. Um, he's labelled, you know, the four potential inclusions, uh, naming T-Mac, Langdon, Salem, Harms as the four big ones. Um, and you've also got um, Adam Tomlinson and Michael Hibbert waiting on your wings as well. So, I mean, they're obviously six players, sorry, five players from our Premiership side and, I mean, Tomo with the game you had on the weekend, if you get up, he's the perfect player to come in. Yeah, I think Tomo comes straight in for that. It's it, it does help us out probably if Buddy does not play and we, we're missing a big key pillar down back with Maisie out, so that kind of evens it up there. But yeah, Sydney, I think coming off after that victory last week, they're, they're going to be up and about. You mentioned that their first month of the footy, they were absolutely flying. They had a couple of probably a couple of games where they came down to earth a little bit, but... I mean, seven and four, and he's sitting seventh. That's not. It's it's not a bad. It just kind of shows the shape that the competition's in at the moment. I mean, you've got a team that's ten and one, and then what? Brisbane have only lost the two matches as well too. So it's very stacked up the top. So probably yeah. in any any other years gone by, seven and four probably gets you around Almost, about fourth yeah. or fifth. So yeah. yeah. So I think that it's a very even sort of top eight, and and certainly Sydney at their best play some pretty frightening footy. And they have some really talented players. And you think about players that can really win a game off their own boot. And Buddy Franklin at age 35 is still, you know, being able to kick three goals in the last quarter to lead that comeback win against Richmond. But then you've got players like Isaac Heaney and Luke Parker who's still doing great things, who's been around for a long time now. And not to mention the McCartan brothers down back, the McCartan brothers down back intercepting everything. And yeah, another great footy story there. And to see Paddy McCartan get back and around. But we've just witnessed... 
the D sort of get absolutely clobbered by Frio's defence and intercepts, and you can see that if they don't change their ways, it, it could happen That'll again be, as well. Yeah, exactly. And you've even got Rampy as well down there. So, yeah, those three boys. And they had Blakey out last week too, and Blakey provides a lot of run and dash for them down there. The uh, giraffe. To go with Lloyd. The giraffe. <laughs> The giraffe. He's a funny-looking fellow. <laughs> the longest he? neck the, in the, the AFL. The giraffe? Or like, oh, what's his nickname? I think it's like Snake or something. No, I, don't I don't know. know. I can't. <laughs> anyway, the Snakey Blakey, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, he's he's been unreal, the old you know, Nick Blakey. I think just he his run and dash is outstanding for the Swans. And, look, that obviously is probably the area where we struggle to, to defend. And yeah. you look at what Jordan Clark was starting to do, and you know these Heath Chapman and plays like that last week. Um, you know, he poses a threat. If we can't stop them, you know, how are we going to you know, retain the footy? How are we going to get it back? How are we going to force them down the line for that intercept kick um, for our defenders to set up? So, yeah, it poses an interesting challenge. I think there's another player that always loves playing the D's, and that's Tom Papley. I think he's one that's you know going to cause a little bit of headache. I think. Um, Probably Jane Hunt's probably the man for him. I suppose he's been playing with them. Um, nice to talk to you too, Charlie. Um, <laughs> Jaden Hunt, I think it would be the perfect matchup. Um, you know, I think just being able to go with him, speed for speed. He's a he's a cheeky fella. Papley likes getting out the back. Um, so yeah, Hunt would need to have his. You know, the concentration is going to have to be there for the hundred percent. Otherwise, you know, he can easily sneak kick three, four goals. So yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be a tight one, I think. I think we'll see a pretty low-scoring game. I reckon, you know, first team to around 11, 12 goals will probably get the job done here. Um, with the conditions, I think it's going to be shit all week. Um, you know, wet weather footy is going to pose here. I mean, it's going to be probably a low crowd again. You know. Oh, Saturday night. You'd hope, you'd hope yeah, that, yeah. I think, you'd hope that these fans sort of show up and, and Sydney having a bit of a following down here in Victoria as well. So, so I would like to think that you get your 50... Thousand on out. Saturday night. It's it's going to be cold. Like the winter chill certainly hit this this week, and you know hasn't hasn't waited at all. And I mean, it's yeah. As long as as long as you know half the state's battling the flu at the moment, including myself, who's sort of just coming back from that. So it'll be interesting to see how many people are out to brave the cold. But it'll be it'll be a blockbuster, I think. To pump it up, and yes, people might want to watch it from the comfort of their own homes. But I think, in terms of the spectacle of these two top-tier teams going head-to-head, I hope that there's a fair crowd there, and, and there's no reason why the D's fans, who now you know we, we cracked the sixty thousand member mark, and now pushing to get to sixty-five, that a lot of those members can get out there on Saturday night and support the team. To go through some uh, some changes, so I think. You know, obviously, bearing fitness, um, you got T Mac, Langdon, Salem, Harms. Tomo and potentially Michael Hibbard to give one of our younger defenders a rest potentially, which could happen. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised after, you know, Rivers got absolutely done on the mark by Frederick. I mean, it could be time for him to just have a refresher and come back in for Queen's birthday. Um, I think, well, obviously May is the one clearly that under the con- concussion protocols to go out. I think Petty still should be fine. Um, he might cause a little bit of headache if he does go out um, in terms of reshuffling the team. I think probably clear obvious ones. I mean, Malcolm didn't have much of an impact, but well done to Malcolm. He's probably one that we didn't really highlight much. I mean, I know you did with the posts, but well done under 200 games. Um, Luke Dunson didn't have huge impact either. Um, as I said, Rivers, and I think, yeah, definitely Wiedemann, unfortunately, goes out um, just because he can't play both ends, which we saw 
Yeah, no, it sounds about right there. I think, yeah, hopefully getting some of those key premiership players back in the side is going to really boost our stocks and, and give us our best chance to come against a really strong side in Sydney. And, yeah, I'm sure the D's players will be looking not raring to go after last week, but I think they won't like the taste of that. I think Jake Bowie was sort of wondering what to do with himself after <laughs> after that. There was plenty of... Uh, there's a nice little post from the from the club as well too. I think on Are Sunday okay? afternoon, saying, "Yeah, no, Jake <laughs> Bell is okay." Is okay. <laughs> he did pretty well. He had 24 on the on the weekend. I think we didn't really label his game too much, but yeah, I mean, he did he did what he could to uh, keep the streak alive. <laughs> yeah, oh, so close as well too. So close to to breaking the record as well for him. Anyway, was it lastly, 18, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 18. 19. Predictions, mate. What's going to... I'm going to go D's by two goals. Yeah, I was going to say 11 points. I was going to say it's a tight one. It's. Uh, I think, it, yeah, it'll come down to the last quarter. I can't say it being over sort of early. Yeah. And, yeah, let's let's back in. Let's back in Ben Brown to, uh, to slot a couple of goals on Saturday night prime time and, and yeah, get that forward line firing. So confident that we can get back up at our best footy, but we've got to bring it. All right, Simo, well, that pretty much does it for another week, mate. It's, uh, yeah, another week down, 11 weeks, 11 rounds down in the season. It's just, the footy season is just one of those things that just flies by every single I like year. The fir- I feel like the first couple of rounds take a while, but then, yeah, once it gets rolling, it just goes, woo. Yeah. But wow. it's, it's, oh, I don't know, it's weird because I feel like when you're winning, it goes longer. And I think when you're, when you're losing, it goes quicker. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, hang on. Did I say that right? When you're winning, it feels like it goes slower. But then when you're losing, you feel like it's going quicker. That's what I you said. Know. That's yeah, what I said. That's what I said. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going crazy. So now you've said it twice. So, so now I've said it twice. But yeah, <laughs> you can edit that one out. Yeah. No, no, no. I'll probably leave that one in. So <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> yeah. No, halfway through the season, halfway point, which is exciting. And, yeah, looking forward to seeing the Ds continue their momentum and, and pushing forward to some strong form later in the season. It'll be interesting to see what they do, really, like, tinkering the lineups because now's the sort of time where they want to... Probably last chances to kind of throw a few things around to get a few looks and sort of see what our best fit is moving forward. And, yeah, big some big changes potentially coming back in this, this week, which is don't often have a lot of changes. So well, things that haven't been forced via COVID or anything like that. And, and nice to sort of hear that that hasn't sort of reared its ugly head again, uh, really in the competition, uh, which has been really good. But no, big, huge game Saturday night. Saturday night, primetime footy at the G. So exciting. So hopefully we can get everyone down there. Uh, thanks to all of our subscribers. Make sure you can check out our podcast on Spotify, Apple, or Google. You can rate, review, and subscribe to it on your favorite podcast platforms. A big thanks to our sponsors in Hop Hen Brewing. Hop Hen Brewing also, by the way, just came away with some great awards. Uh, they've just been at Gabe's over the last weekend. So shout out to Hop Hen. Uh, huge success down at some of their award-winning beers, which is amazing. And also a big thanks to our other sponsor in Valley Electrical Group. Simo, thank you as always, mate. It's uh, nice to be on the end. As I said, we've had, had a shocking run between losing the voice and the flu, but I'm, uh, yeah, we're both sort of just ticking away the days and trying to get through the school term and down to the nitty gritty things, and yeah, just trying to trying to get by. Yeah, that's it. But uh, we'll get through it, mate. And that's uh, it. Yeah, those D's wins uh, help it. They'll make it more worthwhile. I think it's a it's a way to make your weekend, and it's a way to shape your week as well. So hopefully, you get back on the winners list.
Well, most importantly, though, go D's. Up the D's. <laughs> <laughs>